If you're tired of these promos, supporters get the podcast early and ad-free. Just go to donate.bogosity.tv for the links to sign up. Welcome to the Bogosity Podcast for the week of March 20, 2022. The podcast that goes to sleep when covered by a blanket. This is your host, Shane Killian. Let's reacclimatize the news of the bogus. Let's start out with the latest in the Assange extradition case. Julian Assange, who has been convicted of nothing and only accused of making a website and chatting in a chat room, is inexplicably being held in the maximum security Belmarsh prison under incredibly harsh conditions. And despite the fact that no one has shown any convincing evidence that he should be extradited, and they've shown every indication that this is absolutely a political prosecution, it continues to take its time going through what passes for a justice system in the UK. The UK Supreme Court has now refused to hear Assange's appeal, saying that he had, quote, no arguable legal grounds. While it isn't a loss, it is a setback that will keep him in supermax in the form of psychological torture known as solitary confinement for another year. The High Court had previously ruled that Assange could argue that the U.S. government should not have been able to give new and extremely questionable diplomatic assurances at the appeal stage when none had been offered at the initial hearing. It should have been given in a form where the defense could properly respond to the reliability of the assurances and the conditions behind them. Whereas, by offering them only at the appeal stage, the U.S. government has avoided any fact-finding or scrutiny of their claims. So the Supreme Court has basically said that diplomatic assurances, no matter how unreliable they've proven to be in the past, are to be taken at face value and assumed to be gospel truth. So now the case goes to the Home Secretary for the decision whether or not to extradite. She's required to hear arguments for the defense, But her track record is basically to rubber stamp any deportation, no matter how deplorable. So if she authorizes it, it goes back to Judge Vanessa Bereitzer to execute it. But that's what makes it interesting. The appeals court went against Bereitzer's original ruling, which was based on Assange's physical and mental health and the conditions he would face in U.S. prison. All of this meant that the extradition should be denied on humanitarian grounds. So once the case goes back to Bereitzer, Assange himself will be able to appeal to the High Court, unlike last time where it was the U.S. government making the appeal. And he'll be able to make that appeal on the following grounds. The treaty expressly prohibits political extradition. Extradition would breach UNCHR Article 10's right of freedom of speech. They're abusing the U.S. Espionage Act. They use tainted paid evidence from a convicted fraudster who, as we covered, admitted that his evidence was false. And the fact that the hacking charge lacks all foundation. None of these points were considered by the High Court in the previous appeal. In the U.S. court system, both sides would have been able to make their arguments at appeal. But this is the crazy way appeals apparently snake their way through the U.K. court system. And all that takes time, during which Assange remains in maximum security. So there is a ray of hope, and when all that's done, even if Assange doesn't prevail, he can take his case to the European court, as long as all that doesn't take so much time it no longer matters. If you're looking for a way to support this channel, but you don't have any spare cash and you can't stand ads, you can do so by generating your own cryptocurrency. 
Use the links at the bottom of the description to follow the link to odyssey.com to listen to the podcast and see all of my YouTube videos as well. Just watching videos will produce cryptocurrency for the creator and yourself. And since Odyssey is always monetized and never censored, you'll have no problem seeing all the videos from your favorite creators. You can also use the library credits you created Odyssey to tip creators and even purchase paid content. Earn library credits through various rewards, including daily view rewards and the number of shares and invites. And you can interact with creators in all sorts of ways, including like and dislike, comment, boost a post by supporting it, repost it, and share to other sites, all while earning crypto for the creator. Easily monetize yourself and your favorite creators using cryptocurrency without advertising. Use the link below to visit this channel on odyssey.com and see many of your other favorites there as well. And more stupid companies violating the principles of the internet and their entire reason for existing. Lumen has joined Cogent in cutting off Russia's access to the internet backbones. Which, as we've covered more than once, is only giving Putin what he wants, complete control over the information Russians are allowed to have. People have been complaining about the Great Firewall of China for years, now they all seem intent on giving Putin his own Great Firewall. Cogent sent the following email to their Russian customers, quote, In light of the unwarranted and unprovoked invasion of Ukraine, because apparently everyone is ignoring the historical context, Cogent is terminating all of your services effective at 5 p.m. GMT on March 4, 2022. The economic sanctions put in place as a result of the invasion and the increasingly uncertain security situation make it impossible for Cogent to continue to provide you with service. No, it's not impossible. You just don't want to. Cogent is not only one of the biggest backbone providers in the world, it's a member of the Transit-Free Zone, which is a group of global telecoms that have an agreement with each other not to pay to exchange internet traffic with each other. This agreement helps data be sent around the world much more quickly and for much less money than would otherwise be the case. So really, what will happen is that Russian internet providers will just switch over to other backbone providers who will still be exchanging data through Cogent. So this will not disconnect Russia from the internet. It'll just reduce bandwidth, increase congestion, and make things easier for the Russian government to control. And a backbone carrier disconnecting an entire country the size of Russia is unprecedented in the history of the internet. The thought that one of the biggest backbone providers could do such a thing is scary. Already we're seeing downstream impacts into Kazakhstan, Tajikistan, and Uzbekistan. Further disconnects will impact internet access in Iran, Azerbaijan, Belarus, Crimea, and Abkhazia. After losing Vion and TTK, Cogent dropped to number four in customer base. Once they disconnect Rosalcom and Megafon, they'll be out of the top ten. That still left the number one backbone provider as Lumen, previously known as Level 3. But now, Lumen has said that they'll be disconnecting Russia too. In a statement, they said, quote, We are immediately stopping our limited operations in Russia. We do not have any consumer customers in Russia, but for the extremely small number of enterprise customers we have, this means we will no longer provide local Lumen services. They also said, quote, We are not providing any services in Russia. That includes peering agreements and services with other carriers. We do provide services to ISPs outside Russia who are routing traffic into the country. 
which means Russia will still be connected, albeit more slowly and perhaps more expensively. And that still leaves other major backbone providers like Aurelion and Vodafone. You'd think that the backbone providers of all people would understand how the internet works. The internet, as has often been remarked, considers censorship to be damage and routes around it. Information will still be able to get in and out of Russia. But the negative impacts of this will fall most heavily on the Russian people who are no part of this, and especially Russians who are protesting Russian aggression in Ukraine. Warmongering, political posturing, and virtue signaling should never take precedent over the open, free access of information. Here's hoping that this experience will end up teaching everyone that lesson, and that it won't have to be learned the hard way. If you're on the Wi-Fi in a coffee shop or hotel, anyone on that network can get your traffic. Do you really trust all of those strangers? For that matter, do you really trust your ISP? A VPN can protect you from prying eyes, disguise your location, and even foil government censors. It's essential in this day and age, so go to vpn.bogosity.tv and you'll be taken to BoxPN. Starting at just $2.99 a month, you can get unlimited high-speed connections to VPN servers all over the world, and they don't log connections, so your privacy is assured. Traveling abroad, just VPN home, and don't worry about what those other governments are doing. Back at home, stop your ISP from traffic shaping and messing with the quality internet access you're paying good money for. You can connect from multiple machines at once, including your smartphone or tablet, and it supports all the secure standards, including OpenVPN and SSTP. Bypass sensors and surveillance with your own secure VPN connection. Go to vpn.pagosity.tv. Just when you thought civil asset forfeiture couldn't get any worse, the FBI is now trying to make it so people who give them information leading to seizures get their share of the booty. Unlike criminal asset forfeiture, which is where someone is arrested for a crime and evidence is seized, with civil asset forfeiture, as we've covered over and over again, the person isn't even accused of anything. The police just take their property or their money and use it to pad their budgets. Most often, the person who had their property seized has no recourse unless he can undergo the legal expense to fight it in court, where the burden of proof is turned on its head. He needs to prove that he's innocent of basically everything, instead of the government proving that he committed some sort of crime for which the property was seized. And now, the FBI is rolling out a pilot program just a few miles down the road for me in Charlotte, where people can get rewarded with their cut of the loot. They wrote, The FBI Charlotte Field Office is offering cash rewards for tips that help agents intercept drug trafficking shipments through Charlotte. While law enforcement agencies are effective at intercepting many of the shipments, the FBI recognizes the value the public can offer to our investigations. If a drug or cash shipment is successfully seized, the tipster could receive up to 25% of the seized money. FBI Charlotte will use the Department of Justice Asset Forfeiture Program to pay tipsters. Why Charlotte? They say because it's a major hub for drug trafficking on the East Coast. Why do they say that? Because, quote, With multiple interstates running directly through the Queen City, the route is appealing to traffickers who deliver their products and transfer the cash proceeds up and down the East Coast. 
Yes, the only reason they give for saying that Charlotte is this major hub for drug trafficking is that multiple interstates are running directly through it. The interstate highways going through Charlotte are I-77, I-85, and... Uh, that's it. I mean, there's I-485 and I-277, but those are beltways. So, two interstates going through a city makes it appealing to traffickers? And they don't have any other evidence than that? How many other cities does that apply to? I mean, it's kind of sus that they're not doing it with nearby Greensboro, where I used to live, and I can tell you that you have I-85, I-40, I-74, and I-73, so shouldn't that be even worse? For that matter, Statesville, even closer to me, has two interstates, I-40 and I-77, so why single out Charlotte? Might there be a different reason? Might it just be that the Queen City is the one that's corrupt enough to go along with this? But with them setting up a precedent where every highway is an artery and every intersection is a hub, where would they stop with that? Nowhere within North Carolina, it seems, quote, Currently, the new program is only active in the Charlotte metro area, with plans to expand across North Carolina in the future. If you ever see me create something on GoFundMe, you'll know what happened. By the way, since this is civil asset forfeiture, you won't have to wait long to get the dough. There's no need to wait for arrests or convictions, because there might not even be any. Just accusations about the cash itself, which, as we've covered, is named as the defendant, not the person it's taken from. Back in 2013, my co-hosts Tim Dyson, Jonathan Lochet, and I covered several examples of this, including... United States versus $124,700, United States versus 50 acres of land, United States versus 37 photographs, United States versus 434 Main Street, Tewksbury, Massachusetts, United States versus approximately 64,695 pounds of shark fins, and my personal favorite, United States versus one solid gold object in form of a rooster. And this practice goes back at least as far as 1828 with United States versus 422 casks of wine. The legal term is in rem or against the thing, as opposed to in personam or against the person. So they don't even accuse you. They just take your house or your money or your car or your solid gold rooster and accuse that of being involved in a crime. And they can even do substitution. They can claim that you dispensed of your ill-gotten gains so they can see something else they claim is of equal value. And none of these claims do they have the burden of proving in court in complete violation of the Fifth Amendment. When cash is seized, it generally goes directly into the police department's budget. When it's an item or a piece of property, it usually gets auctioned off and the proceeds go into the police budget. But we can't have free market police because they'd be motivated by profit. Now, in case you're thinking of flooding their tip lines with bogus reports, keep in mind that making false statements to federal agents is a federal crime. And I'm sure this one will be punished just as often as the one that says it's a crime to make false DMZA takedown claims. Actually, I'm being snarky, but the fact is they love any opportunity to catch people lying. They'd prosecute you just to pad out their conviction rate, or even use it as an excuse to take your property, ironically enough. But think about something else. 
they may use your tip as evidence that you're involved in the illegal drug trade. That's actually happened with tipsters in the past. So the hard rule about not talking to cops or the feds without a lawyer should still be heeded. In fact, if you think about it, they have more of an incentive to accuse you of lying than they do of giving you your 25% cut. But isn't it nice that we have the police to protect us from theft? Do you have children or nieces or nephews? Are you homeschooling or just want to counter some of the socialist indoctrination most children get in school? If so, go to bogosity.tv slash Tuttle Twins and you'll be taken to a website where you can get some great books for elementary age children. The Tuttle Twins books are books about liberty and free market economics that include children's versions of Bastiat's The Law, Leonard Reed's I Pencil, and Hayek's The Road to Serfdom, as well as books about the Federal Reserve and how regulations protect business cronies. They'll learn about the harm caused by eminent domain or regulations passed in the name of safety and fundamental concepts of liberty. And as you can see from the sample pages on the website, they're all easy to read and nicely illustrated. They're just $9.99 a piece, or get a special discount as well as free bonuses when you purchase all five. You can even buy in bulk to donate to schools and local libraries. So get the Tuttle Twins books at bogosity.tv slash Tuttle Twins. And now it's time to shake and bake this week's Biggest Bogun Emitter. And this week it goes to Nebraska State Senator Megan Hunt, self-professed bi-queen, who says that gun ownership is not a natural right, but a right given by America's, quote, slave-owning misogynistic founders. She tweeted, Owning a gun isn't a God-given right. It's a slave-owning misogynistic founding father-given right. I'm not against 2A, but be real. The Constitution was written by people. Today, I'm filibustering a bill that would allow concealed carry without training or a permit. So she's not against the Second Amendment. She's just against the Second Amendment. Typical politician. But I wonder if she'd say the same thing about the First Amendment or Fourth. Nah, I'd better not give her any ideas. She's apparently trying to say that the law, which is just constitutional carry, would allow white supremacists to oppress black people. It apparently hasn't even occurred to her that this law would also allow black people to go armed in their own defense. Because as Martin Luther King himself experienced, gun control laws are there in large part to prevent blacks from carrying guns. I have several videos on this. It's not the slave owners who passed the Second Amendment. They're the ones who passed gun control because they didn't want people arming slaves so they could rebel. In fact, those laws were being passed before the Constitution, back in the 1600s, and they're a big reason for the Second Amendment. And after the Civil War, they still didn't want blacks being armed. The Civil Rights Movement was as much a movement about blacks being denied their right to carry a gun as it was their right to sit at a breakfast counter, if not more so. But people like Hunt don't see black people as capable individuals who just need empowerment. Like the rest of the woke left, she sees blacks as helpless little children who need government to coddle and support them. And her only use for them is to leech off their victim status to oppose whatever it is she doesn't like, facts and history be damned. Several of the Twitterati schooled her on this, such as Dana Loesch, who tweeted, Gun control is racist. 
Free men and women were barred from their constitutional rights by people just like this beyond parody political. I had to laugh at the misogynistic being tossed in. Women had the right to bear arms before we won the right to vote, so nah, girl. If you're really not racist, you would advocate constitutional carry, because it's poor and marginalized communities who stand to benefit the most from it. Listen to Hunt's response, quote, Girl, spare me. Your NRA holds rallies every time a mass shooting happens. You fundraise at the scene of the crime as soon as the corpses of the dead are taken away. Where was your NRA for Philandra Castile when he was shot by police as a legal gun owner? Be serious. Latinos for Lib tweeted, Guns are a creation of men who choose to protect their property and loved ones against aggressors seeking to do harm. Of course it's God-given. The founders only acknowledge this self-evident truth. Indeed, that's why the amendment says shall not be infringed instead of is hereby granted. But basic reading skills seem to be beyond the mental capacity of people like Hunt. MCON Delta echoed the statement, tweeting, Nah, you're way wrong. The founders nor the Constitution gave us rights. The rights pre-exist governments, and governments can only infringe on those rights. Murder is already illegal. Why do you favor restricting the ability of people to carry defensive tools, especially women? In fact, I showed years ago in a video a peer-reviewed scientific paper showing that when women used a gun to defend themselves from a rapist, none of the rapes were successful and none of the women were injured. That was not the case with any other tactic or weapon used against the rapist. Nebraska state law currently requires Nebraskans to take a gun training course and secure a permit before they can carry a concealed firearm. Guess who's less able to afford the gun training course and take time off to take it and pursue the permit? State Senator Julie Slama said, quote, Did I miss somewhere when I was reading the Second Amendment? It's very short, where we are required to pay $200 and take a class to exercise those rights? But again, all of this makes perfect sense when you remember that the progressive movement is an offshoot of the eugenics movement. It's amazing how much that explains. So all of that makes Megan Hunt this week's biggest bogan emitter. I want to tell you about the eyeglasses I've been wearing for years. As people can see on my videos, I have a very strong prescription, which makes glasses more expensive, especially when I need computer glasses, reading glasses, prescription sunglasses, and most expensively, progressive lenses for general everyday wear. To save money while still getting quality glasses, I get them from Fermu. In fact, I just got a pair of progressives with high-index aspherical lenses and a nice pair of frames my wife loves for just over $100. It would have been $500 to get them through my eye doctor. Not only do they look good, the glasses are durable. I've worn many pairs for several years without problems. All orders come with a 30-day return policy, a 3-month warranty, and one-on-one -on -one customer service. Go to Firmu, that's F-I-R-M-O-O dot Bogosity dot TV, anytime you need quality glasses at a low price. Once again, that's Firmu dot Bogosity dot TV. And now let's intercalate this week's... Idiot Extraordinary!
And this week it goes to the Montreal Symphony Orchestra, who removed a virtuoso pianist from future events because he actually had the audacity to be Russian. Ah, the woke, tolerant left. Alexander Malafiev was scheduled for concerts with the orchestra during March 9-13, through but was dropped for fears of a backlash because of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Even though 20-year-old Malafiev has vociferously criticized Putin's invasion, he even has family members in Ukraine. The symphony bleated, quote, We continue, however, to believe in the importance of maintaining relationships with artists of all nationalities who embrace messages of peace and hope. We look forward to welcoming this exceptional artist when the context allows it. Right. Because it's about the context. The context being nothing to do with him or his views or any of his merits as a person, but where he happened to be when he dropped out of his mom's vagina. Serves him right, too, being born within the wrong arbitrarily defined borderlines. Peter Hitchens tweeted, You can tell there's war hysteria abroad when people you previously thought to be sensible and reasonable start calling you names and accusing you of being an agent of a foreign power. It's the same lunacy that led to Dachshunds being kicked in the street in 1914 for being German. Malofiev responded, quote, Why in a few days has the whole world rolled back into a state where every person has a choice between fear and hatred? No problem can be solved by war. People cannot be judged by their nationality. He's right. It's kind of weird that right-wing nationalistic bigotry now seems to be on the left. Meanwhile, the Cardiff Philharmonic has canceled an upcoming concert of Tchaikovsky's work, who not only died over 20 years before the Soviet Union was even a thing, but was born and lived in what today is Ukraine. Calling this crazy is an incredible understatement. On the other hand, the Buffalo Philharmonic refused to cancel their performances with Malafiev, even after immense public pressure to do so. So there are still pockets of sanity here and there. And as Malafiev himself said, quote, I still believe Russian culture and music specifically should not be tarnished by the ongoing tragedy, though it is impossible to stay aside now. Honestly, the only thing I can do now is pray and cry. So all of that makes the Montreal Symphony Orchestra this week's Idiot Well, that wraps up this, I really must ask that this ill-educated oath be removed from the room edition of the Bogosity Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please go to donate.bogosity.tv for several ways to support and discord.bogosity.tv to join the discussion. Subscribe at Patreon or Subscribestar and you can listen early and ad-free. Thank you for listening. Until next time, here's a quote from Albert Einstein. Nationalism is an infantile disease. It is the measles of mankind. The Bogosity Podcast is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution on Commercial No Derivatives 4.0 International License. Bogosity.
We live in a world where light bulbs connect to the internet, and recent attacks on them prove that your online security is under threat like never before. Not only your websites, but the internet-enabled devices you buy. And the biggest problem is weak passwords. That's why you need LastPass. LastPass allows you to randomly generate strong, unique passwords on the web and on your internet-enabled devices, all protected by one master password. LastPass sets up in minutes and gives you secure automatic logins throughout the web, synchronizing across all your browsers, all your computers, and even your mobile devices, at home, at work, or on the road. It even securely stores sensitive form data, including credit card numbers, backup sensitive documents, software licenses, Wi-Fi logins, and more. And with LastPass Premium, you can get these benefits on other applications, manage passwords for your entire family, and also get priority customer support. Sign up at password.bogosity.tv for a free month of LastPass Premium. Log in securely everywhere using the last password you'll ever have to remember. Go to password.bogosity.tv and get LastPass now.